traveling the vortex. <laughs> We've joined the doctor as he travels the vortex and landed at episode number 187. And how exactly do you swash a buckle? I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. How are you guys? Thought I'd provide the opening music on the fly today. <laughs> your earworm for the day. <laughs> I was a little afraid that uh, Keith wouldn't go with it because he paused for a long time. And I, oh, I wasn't sure if I should. He's going to start over. No, he didn't. It'll just be one more to I, add to I, the long I list of went with the improv tapes. like we did last week and said yes. <laughs> yeah, we've worked on our improv yes. skills. So. When, when is a dollar? When it's a... I brought that up on Friday Night Who. You did? Yeah. Chrissy replied when it's a... What was hers? I don't remember. Everybody rolling, had time to prepare. When, it, when it's a rolling bubble bath, because we were right at that scene in <laughs> Resurrection. It was spewing shaving cream everywhere. Yeah. How'd you, how'd it's you guys... It's a Davros Dalek. That was, uh, how'd you guys do this week? No. What did you guys do this week? Well, it's been a short week, because it's Sunday again. It has. We just recorded just days ago. Yeah. And surprisingly, I think I did more this past week than I did the week before. Oh, is that right? <laughs> Do you have a list? I have a mental list. Okay, go for uh, it. I'm the only old man that has to write down what I did. <laughs> I didn't this week. I watched World War Z. Yay! I need Don't to that. pause that movie. It's on I Netflix. liked that movie. It's on Netflix. It's on Netflix. I, I watched the unrated watch. version. Um, <clears throat> I haven't read I the book, it. so I, I feel first, like I can't applaud I didn't it. like the first hour at all. It felt like Michael Bay made it. Because, no. okay, let's make. Uh, how are we going to make this different from other zombies? We're going to put it over the top of what they can do and how they act. Yeah. I, 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 part of my problem is I've read the book. And so it's a, it's a. The only. As the honest trailer says, what a waste of good source material. Aww. And where the only correlation is the title. <laughs> uh, I, I. Once it kind of. I think once it got to a point where I could distance myself and probably had enough beers <laughs> from the book, I started enjoying it. And it was specifically after pretty much once they landed in England. Because there's this huge jet setting. They go to Korea was the first place. For, I think right? so, yeah. And then they go to Gaza and Israel. And then they go someplace else or no they went someplace else before Gaza and then went to Gaza and then which had a whole lot of horrible tropes that I didn't like and then it went <laughs> they got on this was there a shopping mall no there wasn't oh, but there good. were giant walls and there were it was a walled off city oh, and okay. obviously this guy, <laughs> one of those one of those movies where this guy has the worst luck ever <laughs> <laughs> everywhere he goes things go horribly wrong he was just riding the wave, baby. Yeah, just staying barely a step ahead of it, um, and did things just because it, it might look cool, even though it didn't make much <laughs> sense plot-wise, and they didn't really quite explore it enough. But then they get on this plane, and then it turns into Dead Plane or whatever that movie was. Dead Plane. Yeah, there was a zombie plane movie post Snakes on a Plane. So of course, the next obvious step is putting zombies on a plane. Oh, okay. That was not a good movie either. Air, air of the Dead. <laughs> Something like that. Dead Air. No, it wasn't. It dead air. Been, uh, I can't That's remember. That's the Left for Dead title. What was that? Doesn't matter. 
Okay. I think it might have been Eros. Plane of the Dead, something like that. Something, something, something of the dead. Yeah, but it wasn't a Romero movie. Airline of the Dead. No, that was a catchier title. No. It was so catchy, I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> well, Obviously, it? there are some zombie movies that are so yeah, bad they're yeah. good, like zombie strippers. <sighs> I can't imagine that's even so bad it's good. It is. Black Sheep is another example of where it's so bad it's good. Um, where was you, he? Oh, you man. just look for opportunities to throw that out there. Black right? Sheep? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, I love Black Sheep. I, just, I, I think in your head you've got like the, oh, it's been about five podcasts since I last <laughs> mentioned that. I should bring that up again. Black Sheep's a really good underrated movie if you like zombie stuff. Well, that's a very unique zombie film because it's zombie sheep. Anyways. <laughs> uh, he, he gets to England, and that's where Peter Capaldi is, and the flower-dressed girl from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and a guy from Run, Lola, Run. And it, it starts this really cool exploration that if they were to make more movies, it, it kind of sets up a, oh, this could be a franchise, because they don't resolve anything in this film. It's They found that... Uh, Spoilers. Uh, okay, I'm not going to say. <laughs> they, they, they discover something that could become useful in conquering the zombies down the road, but immediately isn't useful at all. So it's kind of, meh. Go read the book. Because <laughs> if they would have truly adapted it, it would have been amazing. Because it would have been, the, it's, it's an oral biography. So this guy, po- like 15 years after the war with zombies is over, the war that lasted 10 years, goes around and getting stories of what they went through. So it's not a linear story of what happens in the war. They could have done a really cool mock, uh, faux documentary style. Here's the problem And then showing with that. flashbacks of the action of what they're describing and then coming back to the story. It could have been brilliant. Here's, it would be better the, the series than that. a movie. Here's the problem with that. It's an oral history. Therefore, he made it out and everybody he talked to has made it out. There's no driving... Well, no, but you don't know how it started or mm. why. And... Well, <laughs> Well, that's what they try to explore in the movie, is how it started and why and how to stop it. But but that's the thing, is that there's no... Let me tell you about the time I almost died. Well, you didn't, so you spoiled the ending. I mean, it's just... But it's... it's, it's it's And you can't do an American Beauty again. I'm dead. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I mean, this is... I don't know. It's It's, it's, difficult to pull those off. And don't get me wrong, I have not read the book. I've heard nothing but phenomenal things about the book. But I enjoyed the the, movie because I haven't read the book. The most you can compare it to is, like... Hearing stories from veterans. It's sitting down with a war veteran and hearing their stories. Yeah, That's okay. kind of what it is. It I just was a zombie that war. That's what it was. Uh, I also watched Monsters, which was Gareth Roberts. Edwards. Edwards. Not Gareth Roberts. Edwards. Uh, directorial debut. The guy who did Godzilla. Phenomenal. Really good. Uh, it's got that nice independent feel to it, but a giant scope. And it really gives me a lot of... It makes me excited about Godzilla 2, because I, if he kind of goes in this general direction, he set up such a rich world of this... You know what it's about? Basically... Spoilers. Um, this, is, this is established in this start. So oh, okay. It, a, a meteorite crashes to Earth. Or no, it was like... They sent out a probe to a meteorite, and it came back and crashed, and then somehow... Things mutated, and there are these giant alien monsters through a big swath of Mexico called the Infected Zone. And so he's this guy is trying to get this girl back to the U.S. So it's a unintentional, apparently, 
uh, interesting look at illegal immigration and, and, and the path into America where he didn't intend it at all. Unlike the message with District 9 or Machete, it's very understated. And from what I know, he, yeah, it wasn't planned. Um, but it's one of those really cool movies where it's a character study and in these tough situations. And it's one of those things where you never truly see the monster either. Like, you get enough glimpses of it to kind of piece it together, but you never truly see it. It's really well done. Really, really well done. Uh, and then the other thing I did was I went and saw Down on the Planet of the Apes again. So good. This time, not in 3D. Okay, so now comparing and contrasting, do you agree uh, with the... Uh, yeah, I, I agree. Although, I don't Do you know agree with it that it should have been 3D? Or that it didn't need to be. That it didn't need to be, okay. I still, it was fun to watch it in 3D, but I didn't, it didn't lose anything in 2D. Which, come on. You never really lose anything when it's in 2D. <laughs> what? Have you seen no. it yet? <laughs> Eventually uh, on this podcast, we will discuss <laughs> Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Uh, probably on the Blu-ray release. Holly and I wanted to go see it, but we just couldn't work out time or sitter. One other thing I want to say about it, but that doesn't spoil it, is I really like how it handles war. Which, apes or monsters? Apes. Apes. How, how it handles it all, because so many blockbuster movies would do one thing, and this does something different. I, I really appreciate that. Um, but seeing it in 2D, I don't know if it was because of the screening it was, or where I was seated, it was a little darker than in 3D. Really? Yeah. Normally 3D is the other way. Yeah. 3D films are so dark. I, I wonder if it was just the projector... Right, that could be. It was like probably it was the first showing of the day, so that happens in L- L- LED lighting. Because I went at like surely they're not down to using LED lights for projectors yet, maybe. Uh, and then There's a little hamster on a wheel, compact <laughs> fluorescent. They have to warm up too. And today we uh, hung out with Audi a little bit, played some video games. That's about fun. it. Yeah. How'd you guys play? Uh, we did a little bit of Lego Marvel, a little bit, not much of Lego, well, we played a decent amount of Lego Batman, the first one. That was it. <laughs> did you, real, real quick segue off of Godzilla, did you happen to hear the news from yeah. from, from Comic-Con? A sequel? They, they've, they've officially greenlit Godzilla too. You still haven't seen the first You still haven't seen Godzilla. It's at the Cheap Theater, by the way. Oh, it is? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I wish I'd have known that. It's kind of... I kind of want to go see that, so I could go see that by myself. I kind of want to go see it on the... <laughs> I've got kids tomorrow, unfortunately. Aww. And work. I kind of want to see it in the Cheap Theater, because it will give it that old Japanese feel, because of all the <laughs> scratch lines in the film. <laughs> well, film grain. It'll be yeah. awesome. Uh, they've officially greenlit Godzilla 2, which Gareth Edwards is going to come back and direct. And uh, according to the news from Comic Con, uh, Rodan, Mothra, oh, I did see that, yeah. and Ghidorah. How's that one pronounced? G H I Ghidorah. Ghidorah. Yeah, yeah. One of the big three-headed monster. That oh, one, yeah, yeah, yeah. With wings. Which I would have said wrong, even if I wasn't standing here looking at it. So, um, which is which is interesting. All three of those are. Is Ghidorah something different in the American Americanized dub? Probably. I think it is. I'm not 100 percent sure, but like Mecha Godzilla is not Mecha Godzilla in the Japanese, but but he totally should be Mecha Godzilla because the Japanese have this weird fascination with building giant robots. So why not build a giant robot Godzilla and call it well, Mecha Godzilla? He, he I mean, is, just I mean, he is a giant robot Godzilla even in the Japanese version of it. He's just got a different name. Mecha Gorilla? No, 
No, I sounded quite different. I can't remember what it was, but <laughs> what's a Japanese word for mecca? <laughs> I don't. Know. I would think it would be that. I don't Kaiju. know. <laughs> I guess it'd be a Jaeger. Yeah, not a kaiju. That was one of the things I was impressed by the the recent re-releases on DVD and Blu-ray. Is it has the American title? The region ones have the American title across the top, and across the bottom has the Japanese title. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's what we did. Uh, Finished up Buffy season two, in the season three now. We watched the first episode tonight of season three. Yeah. Spoilers. (laughs) <laughs> What'd you do? Either uh, of you. Who's next? I haven't done anything this week. I didn't watch anything this week, which is kind of sad. Um, I've tried to get the kids to watch Hard the Duck. <laughs> Good luck with that. I never found a time. Well, that's the thing is, it's a talking duck. It's uh, The six-year-old, at the very least, should be excited <laughs> about that. Uh, no, I, I told him on Friday, I said, we're going to watch Howard the Duck this weekend, because I got all excited, because I keep seeing Guardians of the Galaxy trailers, and I keep thinking, oh, if you can pull off Rocket Raccoon, you could totally do another Howard the Duck movie and do it right. Um, do it like mean? It wasn't done wrong. No, 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 no. Uh, let's, <laughs> let me preface that by saying I love the Howard the Duck movie. I love everything about it. It's a fantastically fun childhood memory of mine and guilty pleasure and I love it and it's got a good story and it's funny and, and no matter what anybody says it's a wonderful little piece of cinema. However <laughs> I'm one of those kids that read Howard the Duck comics when I was a kid and going and seeing Howard the Duck while it didn't disappoint me initially or didn't didn't sullen my enjoyment of the film it disappointed me in the sense that I kind of expected it, it that, wasn't, that Howard the wasn't Duck. It wasn't the comic book. And so I have this two-sided love with Howard the Duck because I love the comic books and I love the movie, but I would like to see them now adapt to the actual so pages. So with the G.I. Joe movies. Yeah, yeah, I would absolutely like to, them to adapt the pages of Howard the Duck from the Marvel comics and put them in a movie. Now, he doesn't even have to be... It doesn't even have to be a Howard the Duck movie. I'd be happy with just a sidekick role, you know, just something, something. <laughs> and, and and I halfway expect Rocket to sit, to drop a line about his friend Howard. In Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm, I'm expecting that. I'm expecting it. Anyway, so, but I got all excited because uh, I was looking back through old Howard the Duck comics and uh, I told the kids, I said, hey, we should watch Howard the Duck. And I've been seeing all the Guardians of the Galaxy trailers and uh, we just didn't get around to it. We, we went bowling yesterday, which was a lot of fun. Played a couple of games. Um, really nothing. I worked on hedges again today and trimmed them back, so. They look a lot better. Hmm. I'm getting there. Got to wait till some close, of the close to taking a picture. I got yeah. I got to wait till well because I, I don't have them cut back as much, what far as I Just want. Just go to somebody else's house and take a picture of the hedges. <laughs> we won't know. I, uh, we'll I don't have them. it in. I don't have them cut back as far as I, I want. I didn't know Glenn had columns on his house. Those are awesome. But I need to wait until the leaves start dying off and to cut them really back to where I want them so they mm. don't get away from us next year. That's it. I didn't do anything else. We did let's clean up around the house and did a lot of housework. So I remember the other thing I've been doing since San Diego Comic Con's going on. My favorite part of it is Zachary Levi's uh, Nerd HQ panels. You guys know? Have you seen uh-huh. those? Uh-huh. So much fun. I, I, it's my favorite part of the con, uh, especially since you don't get video of the actual panels from Comic Con. 
And so this is actually, they they stream them live, and then they upload them full, so you can go watch them, an hour-long panel with Nathan Fillion. Oh, really? Yeah, two, because it's all for charity, uh, Operation Smiles. Wasn't Karen and Matt and Earth on that one year? Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's where I first discovered them. Uh, last year, Moffat, <coughs> Clara, and, or Jenna and Matt were on it. So it's, it's been three years running now, and I discovered it two years ago. I think with the Karen and Matt one, yeah. and it's so much fun. Uh, if Jack, if Zach can't moderate it, a lot of times Nathan will just come in and moderate. It. <coughs> uh, last year, Evangeline Lilly's panel was moderated by Nathan Fillion, so it was the two of them hanging out on stage answering questions. Um, and it's all everyone pays like twenty bucks a person to get in, and it all goes to Operation Smiles to fix cleft palates for kids. So it's a really good charity too. Uh, one but of them they stream for free. Yeah. So the people at Comic Con, um, Con or people at Comic Con are paying for it. Yeah, we reap the benefits. Yeah, sweet. Post and that link in the show notes. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, will. you won't get it now because obviously we're recording Sunday night and right. but, the shindig but, is over. But the but videos are still there. there. Still there. Even right. They upload it, so you can still ago. watch. Yeah, you can still watch them from the past, yeah. from previous. So um, I would be interested in, in having one. That. I watched was Bad A Women, which was pretty interesting. It was Yvonne Stravinsky. Uh, somebody from Parks and Rec. Is it Nerd or Geek? Nerd HQ. Nude HQ. Uh, nerd. Retta from Parks and Rec. What did I say? Nude. <laughs> no, it's not I'd be completely different. Did I really say nude? You said nude. <laughs> wow. Ba- uh, he's right. I'm not. I heard nude. Okay. I'm uh, maybe I'm hearing things. Maybe. Missy Pellegrim, uh, who's Zach's wife and is on Rookie Blue. Uh, Jennifer Morrison from Once Upon a Time. Uh, I just blanked on her name from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, I don't remember a blanked on her name on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Mulan? Not watching again. Disney Mulan. She was Mulan. Okay. The Asian? Yeah. Yeah. The plays. Voice actress. I I can't remember the name of the show. Anyway. And uh, Sophie Turner from Game of Thrones, who plays... Sansa. That was really interesting. And, and they, there's some really interesting questions so in there. So you have a panel called Bad A Women, which I assume the A is we're being, you know... PC. PC. Um, and you didn't have Mila Jovovich... PG. PG. Or PG. <laughs> PG. Uh, you, you didn't have Mila Jovovich on that panel. I don't think she was at Planet... Plan, plan, uh, plan well, con, then you or, can't or, have or that panel. Con. Did I see that she's in... No. That was Charlize Theron's in Mad Max. Yeah, she's in Mad Max. Maybe I'll win. What's her name on the show? May. Oh, May. May. Agent May. Uh, there was another one where it was random mystery people. Included uh, Brecklin Meyer, Nathan Fillion, uh, the guy from Eureka, the main guy. The guy's from Mythbusters. Some dude from SNL. And uh, Cal Penn. Just random group of people that you would never see together any other time. (laughs) Who's not got a panel going on right now? All right, you, you, and you. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) They did one with Sesame Street. So it was three guys, uh, the guy who does Cookie Monster, uh, Grover, and the red one. I can't remember his name. Not Elmo. An orangish red one. Oscar. No, not Oscar. Telly? No. Telly's purple. red one. How long has it been since you watched Sesame Street? This could Apparently be a long time. This could be new. Although Mason watched it up until a few years ago. I can't... I mean, I, I get why not. Everybody else does. I just, I guess I have trouble believing there's a Sesame Street panel at Comic-Con. I think this <laughs> is the first year that's ever happened. Really? Yeah. Eh, why not? 
I wonder if they got a big draw. Uh, it looked like it was a pretty packed house. I wonder if that was because people couldn't get into other panels. Well, I mean, I Glenn know. would have gone. I'd probably have <laughs> gone, really, too. It was really <laughs> fun to watch. I forgot. Hey, there's a Sesame Street panel! Yeah. I don't know. I don't remember the guy's name now. So that's the other thing I've been doing, is watching that. I heard, I, I've not watched it yet, but uh, Matt, my manager, when he came in for inventory, looked at me with these, yeah, he's got this look whenever he gets um, excited about something. He says, have you seen the new trailer for Mad Max that came out of Planet Comic Con? I was like, no, I haven't watched it yet. I saw that in the poster. He says, go home as soon as you are done here and watch the trailer. That's horrible. Really? Yeah. He's, he was really excited about it. terrible. He was excited because he said it looked like a Mad Max movie. Yeah, it does, but it's ramped up and over the top and horrible. <laughs> well, there you have it. <laughs> <laughs> one yes, one no. Let me know what you think. Um, was it Orphan Black Panel? That's, that's, a, that's a series of films that I quite enjoyed but don't want a reboot. I don't know that it's a reboot. It's just kind of a... Oh, it, and uh, the Sesame like Street Robin panel. Hood. You just keep telling the story, you know. Oh, ben- benefited the Sesame Street Workshop organization instead of Operation Smiles. Oh, that's cool. That's kind of yeah, That's cool. It doesn't say who they are. The Children's Television Network. Yeah, Children's Television Children's Television Network <laughs> Foundation. CTNF. <laughs> um, what did I do this week? I sampled a couple of video games. Ooh. Yeah, I know. Long time for me. Uh, I played a little bit of Tomb Raider. What do you think? Oh, I loved it. The new Tomb Raider. Just Tomb Raider. Um, really cool. The one I got sucked into for three weeks. Yeah, yeah. Um, love the cinematic storytelling in it. Love the fact that they fixed all the camera problems. Because <laughs> there's nothing like running up to the edge of a cliff and timing your jump only to have the camera swivel unexpectedly to a new position and you miss the jump because you bounced off the wall and into the chasm 40 or 50 or 60 times. Um, I don't miss that from the old days. So this was, was rather nice that it was, I mean, it was still fluid, but it was very straightforward. <laughs> like, oh, thank you. Thank you for this. I still killed Laura an inordinate number of times, but uh, but it was cool. It was really fun. They're obviously on the island from Lost. <laughs> That's what I got out of this. She's, her her no boat smoke. crashes, and the, the, she comes out, and no there's a boat, no monster, yeah. and, a, and an ancient sailing ship, and like ten dozen airplanes. It's actually a bit more and, twisted than that. <laughs> and then she, she wakes up in a room full then of cannibals. a giant smoke monster? Yeah. Yeah, and a room full of cannibals, so, you know. Uh, it's Tomb Raider, so you can't expect some sort of weird mystical aspect to it. Yeah. I mean, the first one had dinosaurs. Because <laughs> why? <laughs> Lost World. But uh, So I played a little bit of that, and then I started playing GTA V. Oh, how's that? I've um, never really been played any of the GTAs. It, it's, it's along the same lines as the other Grand Theft Auto games. I mean, you, you know, you play a guy and you break the law and get money and... Steal cars. Steal cars. Well, you could do that if you want. You still have to steal a car pretty much all the time. But um, It's got some fun gameplay elements to it. so much money, why not buy a car? Well, because that takes too long. Why would you want to walk down to the dealership? <laughs> you just, then it'd be called I guess it would be Grand new Theft car Auto. owner. <laughs> yeah, Grand, Grand, Auto. Grand Theft Auto's in the title. You're going to have to steal a car at some point. Um, I can say this, because I, I, I I'm not an expert by any stretch of the imagination, but I've played all the previous Grand Theft Auto games. The citizens of... Los Santos, which is totally Los Angeles. I mean, it's based on Los Angeles. I didn't realize how based on Los Angeles it was. I think they took maybe a few liberties. But at one point in time, I got lost. 
and I was driving around in a big circle, and I realized <coughs> I was at the airport because there was the big <laughs> spider-looking Art Deco terminal thing at LAX. And then as I was passing down this road, there were these gigantic colored columns. And I went, oh, this is where Galley's at. <laughs> I'm on that road. I know where I'm at now. So I was okay after that. But um, GTA 4 was, I played from start to finish, and it was New York. Oh, was it? Yeah, mm-hmm. and as I drove around. Actually, I, I like, take it back. That's the one I haven't places. played. I haven't played New York. I played GTA Vice City. GTA 4 the one with the Russian mob. And yeah, the, no, that's the one I, I skipped over then. I didn't play that one. But Vice, I played City, Vice City, I think, is based on Las Miami. Vegas. Oh, was it? oh, that's right. It is yeah, Miami. Yeah, that one was Miami. Um, San Andreas is San Diego, I'm assuming, or San San Francisco, maybe. I think it's in I don't remember California. Now. Yeah, somewhere. Anyway, the citizens of Los Santos, hands down, the worst drivers in the entire <laughs> series. I cannot tell you the number of accidents I witnessed that I did not cause. <laughs> which is unusual for these games. Normally, you're the one darting in and out of traffic right, and running right. red lights and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, people, no, they do it all on their own. <laughs> I did not. I Even I, I feel a little bad running up on a sidewalk right, and just say, right. you know, I'll stop and Driving wait for the light over. to change sometimes. <laughs> unless I, unless it's a timed mission or something. Oh, Because I've got the radio on and usually it's the classic rock station and I'm okay with that. You know, I'll sit there and jam out to Baker Street for, you know, 20 minutes. Okay. And, you can't do that because they don't go on green. Half the time they don't stop on red. It's just they just kind of. It's like L.A. It's like driving in L.A. It's like, huh? I wonder if this was done on purpose or not. But so many. And the other thing, I don't like. I don't like driving motorcycles in these games. I feel much safer in a car. Because when you get into a high speed pursuit on a motorcycle, things go bad very quickly. They're likely to die. I've been thrown. Well, I tend to drive up walls. <laughs> Just barely nicked that street lamp with the handlebar. And it would go launching <laughs> a whole bike flips over. Wound up I in the bay. Off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's safer in this one because you can right in between the cars and get where you need uh-huh. to be and get out of their way faster than if you were in a big vehicle that basically says, please run into me. Because, yeah. So I learned if I, uh, uh, how do they, they rate the pursuits? It's like, Four stars, five stars, something like that. I remember exactly what it is. But well, the more stars you get, the more elevated your threat assessment is. Right. They start sending other agencies after right. you. The more stars you get. I found if I got into four or five stars, I would uh, jack a bike, drive it up onto the subway, <laughs> and drive down the tracks. No one could follow me. <laughs> and then you could get those achievements for getting out of a four-star and getting out of a five-star pursuit. <laughs> look at me. I'm up on the elevated train tracks. <laughs> hey, look, here's a car coming. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's why you take a bike, because you can actually get off to the side and avoid getting smashed by the train. But, uh, no, that was kind of fun just to be able to kick back and, and play some video games, because I haven't got to do that in a while. Now, did you just borrow that, or did you buy it? Uh, I didn't buy it, but I did wind up acquiring it, yes. Oh, you, you did. Can I borrow it when you're done with it? I'd like no, to no. give it a try. No. Oh. <laughs> the, 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 the Grand, Grand Theft Auto, the way this one, particular one is set up is a two-disc. And first of all, you have to have at least eight gigs of storage on your hard drive available because it installs because uh-huh. it's so big. I see. The, the region of Los Santos, or, yeah, Los Santos, is um, if you took four Vice City and three <coughs> and Liberty City and added the maps of all of those together, that it's bigger than all of that. Square footage wise, so it, it's, it is a huge. I thought I'd explored a good chunk of it. No, <laughs> no, no, haven't come close. Um, but because of that install, this I have the play disc, so I borrowed a one 
from work and installed it, and then I just I have the play disc, so I can oh, play I it, but I, I don't see. have any way to install it on another one. Otherwise, absolutely, I, I would let you. I got you. But if you wanted to rent it, you certainly could do that. Yeah. What else did I do this week? I don't know that I want to spend money on the problem. I mean, I played GTA yeah. 4, and I loved it, but I was quite young. Well, that's only been like six years ago, but I was younger, and I found myself being more sensitive to that type of game. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and so here's the other thing I want to play it just to kind of feel the mechanics for it, but I don't want to buy it or even... Uh, here's the it. thing. is I've played all of them, but I've not finished any of them. Yeah, because see, I finished you, GTA 4 you, you, you because I, to a certain I felt point the need. These things where you, <laughs> I really did. I just, <laughs> You get so many of the missions completed, and you get enough money that you can kind of accomplish whatever you really need to. And the, like Borderlands, it becomes this, well, I have this money. What do you do with it? Well, you can buy property. What does the property do? What allows you to get more money? Right. Uh, you know. right. Um, and so then you wind up free playing quite a bit. Well, you can only go to the strip club and <laughs> use the cheat code to unlock the tank or the helicopter and blow up cops for so long before you're like, okay, I'm done with this. You know. Yeah. So I kind of get bored on them after a while, yeah, which yeah. is why I wouldn't buy it myself. I, but, uh, it's been fun to kind of revisit. That's why, that's why I prefer, if it's an open world, to have a bit more, quote-unquote, story, like Infamous, where it's very much open world, but you're going along this linear path where you can choose good or bad and have replayability right. to it. As opposed that's what to I liked about Fable. Mass yeah, Effect. Fable would be, Mass Effect would be another example of that. I, I popped in GTA 4 about Just a year ago. Just humans. About a year ago. <laughs> and uh, I found myself borrowing cars and stopping at stoplights and... Not running from the blaze, so I've, apparently I've gotten older. <laughs> well, when I first played it, it was nonstop. Get out of the car, give me a car, and just drive everywhere, over everything, and whatever. And it got to the point where I would get in my car to go to work, like for real. That I would be behind somebody at a stoplight, and I'd be eyeballing the curb, kind of going. <laughs> and I realized it's like I'm done playing this game for a while because if I'm literally considering that, it's like, nah, we're we're, we're done with that. But. Um, yeah, so that, like I said, it's just been kind of fun to revisit that and do something different. We, um, what was we? We recorded Tuesday night. Yes. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen you guys since then, right? It was only Friday. Friday for who? Which we so did. I know there's two movies you've watched. There's two. Which two? Well, one I know. What was the other one? The one that you gave back to me. Oh, yeah, we watched Perks of Being... Thank you. That's where I was going <laughs> with it. Uh, we watched Perks of Being a Wallflower. Finally. Finally. What'd you think? Which uh, I thought it had been since Christmas since you gave it to me, but no, I got it for Christmas. I think I loaned it to you before I loaned it to him. him, So Um, I really enjoyed it. I told Keith uh, that we we both liked it. Mel and I both liked it a lot. Um, I don't think for me it's got a lot of replay value as much as I enjoyed it as a good movie. I could play it over and over. I don't think I'd own it, but I really enjoyed it. I did really enjoy it. I wouldn't watch it, you know, over and over. I think it's a year. Sorry, that's a soda bean. Quit hissing at me. (laughs) You got to do that with Dr. Peppers because they tend to explode if you don't. Um, it's very much felt like the story of my life without the good parts. <laughs> it's kind of like, wow, been there, did that, had that conversation. Okay, maybe that's why. Maybe there's, there's just maybe it hit a little, too, hit close a little to too close to home for a few, you know, segments of it. But um, if you ever have the time to read the book, I highly recommend that. I own it too. Maybe eventually. And they, uh, the, the author helped write the screenplay. I saw that. So was, yeah. Well, then you don't need to read the book. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> I figure if the author wrote, helped, helped write the even helped write the screenplay, I pretty much got. There's the still book. stuff you got to cut out because you can't include it in the movie. Unless it's a play, then you can add stuff. So I, I got true. the abridged. Yeah, you get the abridged. And I see I don't like abridged things. <laughs> I don't like it. When audiobooks, no, give me the unabridged. Depends on what it is. I was so mad when I bought William Shatner's autobiography, the, the audiobook, and found out it was abridged. 
and only they gave the you can only get the unabridged from libraries. You can't buy the unabridged. The audiobook? Yeah. Really? I was pissed. Why? I don't know. So if you guys want to borrow an unabridged copy <laughs> up till now, read by William Shatner. Care that enough about William Shatner? <laughs> it's a really fun read. All of his books are fun reads, quite honestly. Um, Oh, 1776. I, I watched that movie in school and loved it. The musical. Loved it, loved it, loved it. It's one of my favorites. Uh, and, and it came out on DVD, and it was the restored director's cut. And I went, woo, I'm so excited because it's like unabridged. And it <laughs> sucks. It, they, they, the director, they, they included a whole bunch of additional scenes that you didn't need, and they brung things out. It actually ruined some of the comedy in some situations. Mm-hmm. That it was just like, eh. Oh, and here's that song I don't like. Fast forward. So whenever I watch, I have to admit this, whenever I watch 1776, I edit it. Too bad. I, I skip around, and this part really isn't that good. I can cut this part out. That's too bad. <laughs> I love that movie from start to finish, including every song they sing. Even the um, the one, the page, what was he, the page and the, the messenger boy sing? That's yep. the one I wrote. That was, that's honestly the one that I don't like. I love, love everything else thing. in the movie. Love the whole thing. Everything else in the movie I love, but yeah, I don't like that one, but... There were a bunch of little cutaway shots. I mean, I mean, it's important, I guess, to see Congress when a fire truck goes by and they all go running outside, hoot and holler. At you know, it's like, okay, I get it, but that's not how I think of the Founding Fathers. <laughs> Maybe that's the thing. Anyway, um, so then uh, we watched. Well, I get to okay. So I, I, I told Keith this, but now I'm going to share this story on the panel. So we listened to the Church in the Crown. Or I listened to the Church in the Crown, and it's all Musketeers in France and Cardinal Richelieu. Okay. And uh, and all this stuff, and I was like, I'm ready to watch the Three Musketeers again. We should put that on this on the schedule for Flex with Friends or Disney with Friends because well, well, the Disney version. Yeah, oh well, yeah, no, 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 no. There, there's only one version of the Three Musketeers, <laughs> and that's the Charlie Sheen, Kiefer Sutherland, Oliver Platt one. The not one to, furthest be, from the original. Doesn't source matter. Material. Here's why. Not to be confused with the Mickey Mouse version. Not to be confused with the Mickey Mouse version because there there, there two, technically is two Disney versions. It's the most fun. I've Free, because I think they did one in the 1970s, didn't they? Did they? I don't remember. Uh, I don't remember Disney I, one. I thought it was 70s. D'Artagnan and the Three Musketeers or something like that. I can't remember for sure. Hmm. To the end of the book. Yeah, you look that up. <laughs> of all the versions of the Three Musketeers of the story that I've seen, including the uh, uh, Richard Chamberlain, was he in the... Uh-huh. Yeah. I think so. Of all of them, the the... The 1993 version is the one that resonates the most with me because it's the most fun to watch, and it's got those elements of humor that carry the story when maybe something is not it's terribly exciting going on. Terrific chemistry too. It's got wonderful chemistry and all kinds yeah. of good stuff. And all the rest of them, honestly, they take themselves too seriously. I like my Musketeers to be fun and witty and having a good time and not afraid. And that's what I got from Church in the Crown. Was I'm, I'm kind of tipping my hand a little bit, but there was so much of that. Just yeah, let's go and you know you know, come D'Artagnan, we're saving the king, and off they went. And I was just with this big grin on my face through most of the audio. So I was like, I'm ready to watch this. So I got Mel, and I called Mel from work, and I was like, check the shelf when you get home and see if I own that. I think I do. I'm like 99 percent sure that I do. I know I used to own it on Laserdisc, but I don't know if I own it on DVD. And she goes, Why? I was like, Because we're watching it tonight. <laughs> as soon as I get home. And here's the other reason that we should put it on the schedule for Flicks with Friends shortly after listening to this audio. Is we've got that wonderful Paul McGann connection, right? Oh, yeah. Because yeah. Paul McGann's in the three months. So that's right, another reason right. to love it all the more. And we've got a Doctor Who connection there. So, unbeknownst to me, Paul McGann has not one, but two roles in that movie. 
Does he? Yes. He is credited twice. And I went, what? I didn't know that. And we went and watched it. And I was like, holy crap, there he is again. Who is he? Who is he besides, uh, what's his name? He's Gerard, yeah. the, the very bad-wigged right. <laughs> brother who's fighting uh, uh, Chris O'Donnell's D'Artagnan at the yeah. beginning of the film beginning. because supposedly uh, D'Artagnan is Florida's sister. And he's all high-pitched and squeaky and all that kind of stuff. He is also the captain of the Cardinal's Guards, not Michael Wincott's right, right. character, but the, basically Michael Wincott's right hand who at the very first scene when you know they cut down the thing, he, he turns, he says, what should I do with the musketeer flag? It's Paul McGann. He's got the little oh, beard and the Paul goatee. And he, he's got the thing. He's the one that goes to the ale, the ale house to arrest them and gets the chandelier dropped huh. on them. And then he rides up on the horse later. You're under arrest. And they're like, oh, he's a fool. No idea those were from I know. So there was this wonderful, look, it's Paul McGann all over the place in this movie. He literally, because he's got both those parts at the beginning, he's in, I think he's in that movie more than Tim Curry is. <laughs> I mean, look, he's all over the place through the. So, do yourselves a favor, go watch the Three Musketeers. And we we sat down, and Mel had been forever since she's seen it. So we sat down and watched it, and all of us, big doofy Glenn, you know, yeah, got the grin on my face because it was just I love this movie, love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. And I had a good time, so that was cool. Um, Saturday was a big. I day. enjoy the film too, but it's it is the furthest from the source. Material. I don't care. <laughs> Even I think the Mickey Mouse done. one is closer than that. <laughs> Filmmaking done right. <laughs> I'm not finding a 70s Disney version. Uh, maybe I'm thinking something else. Um, Do you remember who was in it? No. No. It's a Michael York version in 73, but I don't think it was Disney. No, that was that was the... That's the uh, Richard Harris. Richard, yeah. Which was the Four Musketeers? That was that one, wasn't it? No, that was, this one's three. Or was that the Olivier one that I'm thinking? <sighs> Olivier did the Three Musketeers, right? I'm not making that up. I don't know. Don't remember. I, there's so many. There's been so many versions of it. I can't. Doesn't matter. Limited time. So we, we can also add whenever we get around to the doctor sightings of watching movies oh, yeah, that yeah, they're yeah. in that they're not playing. Yeah, the doc- yeah. We can add Three Musketeers to Paul's list because sure, sure. He's two two roles in there. <laughs> which I'm, all for that. I'm the only one that got excited about it. it didn't matter to anybody else, but I, I thought it was way cool. <laughs> uh, Saturday was a big day for us. We had Katrina. and I was off. So we got to do all kinds of stuff. We drove down to Burlingame and had lunch and visited my mom and helped her set up a new TV and went swimming and saw horses and did all kinds of fun stuff and then uh, visited a friend of Mel's and came back to town and had dinner over at uh, Jose Peppers, which I love. Jose Peppers. And then uh, Katrina <laughs> crashed hard. <laughs> And then James came over and was part of our great rewatch <coughs> experiment for 1941. And so we sat down because I love 1941 unabashedly. And Mel, when I showed it to her and, and uh, James, Will James, Will and Mel did not, yeah, they just, they wouldn't have anything to do with it. They did not like it. They did not see the humor in it. They laughed once. That was it. And so I recently at work was complaining about this and found out that James at work has never seen Waterworld. And I came home and I told Mel, I was like, you're not going to believe this. James has never seen Waterworld. She jumped off the couch and said, you tell him I'll rewatch 1941 with him if he comes over here and watches Waterworld with me. <laughs> and I was going to suggest that at work and didn't because I thought, well, it's just maybe pushing it a little too far. But she said it. So I was like, okay, I'll go bring that past him. And he's like, yeah, all right, I'll do that. <laughs> so we sat down and watched 1941. And he and I laughed nonstop 
through this whole movie. Just, there's not a flaw in that film. I don't care. I don't care that they try too hard. I don't care that it's slightly annoying with all the screaming. I don't even care that Treat Williams is in it. Because I hate Treat Williams with a passion. I like Treat Williams. I love all of it. And we laughed. And Slim Pickens showed up. And we laughed. And they just spoofed Jaws. And we laughed. And this shows up. And we laughed. And then John Belushi shows up. And we laughed. Just nonstop. And Mel eventually, she was kind of like, okay, to start with. And then she kind of started to giggle a little bit. And then she was like, oh my, that's wrong. And she would, you know... And by the time we got to the end, she looked at me and she says, "That I, there's a lot of that I don't remember. And it was so much more enjoyable the second time. And I said, you're not just saying that because I really want you to enjoy no, it. No, it's, it's probably one of those movies that's more enjoyable with friends, too, when you're watching it. It's more it. enjoyable with friends, and it's more enjoyable with friends that get it. Like I said, because Will, he didn't, it wasn't his cup of tea. And so when he's sitting there like this, you know, you're never going to get anything out of it. Sours the mood a little. When, when, when James and I are both laughing to the point where we can't hardly breathe, you know, then I think that kind of becomes a little more infectious. Yeah. So we, we had a good time. You should have come over. Yeah. But um, so we watched that and crossed that one off the list. And then he got up and said, okay, so Waterworld, huh? All right. <laughs> <laughs> so that'll be next on the on the group thing at some point. <laughs> so we did that. And then uh, was there anything else I did? I don't think so. I think that was kind of the, the main thread. And of course, I had inventory tonight, which sucked. But, yeah. you know. Let's move on to news then. News. There were a couple new trailers. Well, one trailer and a teaser. Yeah, kind of strange that we went back to yeah. the teaser, you know? But it, it's, a neat, it's a clever teaser. It's at least different than yeah. standing at the console and things exploding. I liked it. Kind of, It's kind of bizarre in a way. Yeah. It doesn't say much about the new series other than, hey, remember, it's on the, yeah. <laughs> the 23rd. Don't but, forget, it's um, coming back. I like, the, I, like the, I like the style and design of it. It almost makes me wonder if, because it's called Listen... If maybe that scene comes from that episode, because there is an episode called "Listen" that's coming up, right? Or am I making that up? I don't, I don't think it's been confirmed. Title oh, it's the, 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 yeah, um, rumored title, I guess. Yeah. Is "Listen." So okay. it makes me wonder maybe if that is more something specific to that episode. Yeah, I, I and they just that thought too. it was such a striking image. Let's use that as a teaser and, and call it good. It's not shot like anything you would put in an episode, though. So no, I I think you never know. I don't think you. I think that's specifically shot as a. Do you think so? Yeah, it's a bizarre look. Well, why would he say listen then? Why is he hanging out on top well, they're, of the tarts? They're clearly that's just it. That's just it. They're they're clearly teasing something, and I think it was just an artistic way of reminding us and listen. <laughs> I think that I think it's it's teasing something that we probably it's foreshadowing something. I don't think that's a scene from the. No. You think we're going to get definitely four more teasers? Definitely a. With each focusing on a different sense. Ooh. Touch. What makes you think that? <laughs> oh, just from listen. Yeah. yeah. See. Breathe. Well, see would make sense. Breathe. Deep breath. Yeah. See. Yeah. That's, sure. That's the first step. You take a deep breath. And you listen. And speak. I think it. I think Keith may have just it, unlocked the, the, the story arc of the I, whole I think it's eight. certainly dropping a hint as to what to expect. But that the, listen's obviously going to be a theme. But yeah, it's, it's definitely not from that. Yeah, episode. and the guy that wrote that one episode dropped a hint of lasagna, and it's like that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you a hint: lasagna. What? <laughs> There's layers. 
<laughs> I can hug you. Oh, Ogres have layers. <laughs> and of course, have layers. We, we briefly touched on the other trailer is really just a cut, cut down, down version of the of trailer, trailer we've seen without the dogs. So. Yeah. Kind of puts what he says in a different tone, though. I think it does a little bit, too. Yeah. yeah. I think it's just the way it's cut. Yeah. Speaking of deep breath, there's going to be a cinema <sighs> outing. No uh, official word of. When or where? Where? Well, we know when. We know when. We know when. It'll be August 23rd. Uh, it's going to be just... Easter Saturday. Easter Saturday, August 23rd. It's going to be just like the 50th, where it's going to screen... Where it's screened at 15,000 cinemas worldwide. So, hopefully... Safe we'll, bet that if it's you gonna be, were if you part had of this last previous time. batch, you should get... Yeah. So, I think that's a great way to... So, are we going? ...do a simulcast. You guys taking the night off? Well, they'll probably do like they did the 50th and run it on the Monday afterwards, so no. (laughs) Well, no. Well, yeah. Because some theaters didn't do it time, day and time. Some didn't, so... Yeah, but that one... You you guys even went to one that wasn't one of the official day and time ones. Yeah, that's true. That's why I say if it's... They might do it, If they do it like they do it here, and they do it on the Monday following, then... So we going? Probably not. If, if it's if on they, the Monday it's following, on, no. If it's on the Saturday? It's yeah. on the Saturday. In the afternoon? Yeah. All right. Could potentially do that. I'm writing you down in my day book. <laughs> <laughs> Easter so Saturday. Once, once we day know the locations, plan. we'll post those on our website or post them on Facebook Facebook or something so that um, you can find out if it's coming near you, which hopefully it will be. Actually, if it's that Monday, I probably will be able to go. Well, maybe not. Depending on if it's in the evening. Well, yeah. And if they do two shows. Well, if they do a Monday, it'll be an evening show. Yeah. If they do the Saturday, then it'll be during the day. Yes. And if they do two shows? Yeah. It'll be they might. Well, I mean, just because, I mean, the, the first one was scheduled at 7 last right, time. Right. And then they added the Although 10 shows would be fine if I'm, if that happens to be that Monday and things work out <laughs> the way I'm hoping they don't at work, I'll be able to go. Okay. Okay. That was confusing. <laughs> I might be working the morning show that week, so I could go. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> no, that's the week after. Is it the week after I... The week I'm gone? Oh, that's that's right. The week it's, you're gone the is week the week of... before that. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Okay. You took the wrong week off, my friend. <clears throat> anniversary week, you know. I get to end my Actually, anniversary he did. week with... He, he could go. I, I could go, well... <laughs> yeah, I, I hope not to be on the morning shift by oh, that gosh. Monday. Well, I'm, I'm thinking I won't be on that full so week either, either so... Oh, <laughs> uh, anyway, speaking also, Deep Breath is getting a standalone DVD and Blu-ray release <laughs> on September 9th. So weird. <laughs> uh, so Amazon weird. in North America specifically. <laughs> have we are have we abandoned seasons? No, no. Have we just, just decided that this is too confusing no, 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 and no, no, we're no, going to no, go no, into no. individual. You'll still get now. a season box set, but they're going to milk these for as much money as just they can like they went back and did works season two, one and. A and B, A and B, yeah. To milk for this milk. for the same reason that they did, which I, I, season seven I mean, and, kinda, and six and seven in two halves too. They released well, a that one. I can half make, box set and half box set, and then that seven one makes they did a, a bit more sense because they set. were aired separate times of the year. I can understand that. Yeah, going I'll back, give you that. going I'll back you and that. re-releasing yeah. the first half of season two makes no sense at all, other yeah. than wanting money. Sort of weird. As, as long as they can make money on them, they're going to do. Whatever I wonder if it's do. an instance of, of, of uh, worldwide 
you know, if we don't have a <laughs> Doctor Who, maybe it's a Marvel thing. If we don't have a Doctor Who DVD scheduled, we lose the rights to somebody else. <laughs> so we're going to just keep going back and reissuing I, stuff I, we've I already done. Probably not. Yeah, I think it's just the Almighty Dollar, dollar and Pound. But uh, it, Doctor Who magazine did confirm that the episode will be just over seventy-five minutes long. Ooh. I think that's another reason it's getting a standalone re- release because it's technically in that realm of feature length. So, just like the fiftieth. Speaking of which, we got details about the special edition box set that's coming out. Yay and boo! Yeah, six thousand Blu-rays and four thousand DVDs will be released. Um, Still an odd amount. Very limited run. So far, UK only on September eighth. Some of the inclusions of this, I think, is weird. Mostly, the name of the Doctor is one of the things included. I think that's weird. Why do you think that's weird? Because it's part of the other season. It's, yeah, it's part but of the it's part of that trilogy, too. too. Yeah, it's, still it's the first one that sets up John Hurt. Yeah, and it's an of the Doctor. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 no, I don't think that's weird at all. Uh, and the Night of the Doctor. That'll be one that now I own two of. But <laughs> If the set. If the set comes here. Well, yeah, if the set comes here, it becomes Which the, the, Have you guys seen the covers? Mm-mm. Paul they gets his own cover. Yeah. I want to know what's exactly on that disc. Is that just all the supplemental? With <laughs> that would figure. That's what I would suspect. Well, with is that they Night put of all the Doctor, on there. Adventure of Space and Time, Five-ish Doctors, Ultimate Guide, Science, The Proms. Uh, I would assume the last day was that the short. Yeah, last day was the other. Okay, yeah, that would one, be on there. The Fall of Arcade. I would assume the BBC America Tales the from the Tardis the and Farewell to Matt Smith would be on the Christmas special disc. Likely. Uh, deleted scenes, Day of the Doctor read-through, cinema intros. So those are finally getting a release too. Popcorn in the UK. Yeah, in the UK. So you remember that box set that we all wanted? It's coming, but probably not near you. <laughs> yeah, more available to you. Six thousand copies. That thing's gonna go right away. Inexpensive too. It's only like thirty-three pounds. Yeah, sixty bucks. It's American. Cheaper than I would expect it to sell for. Sixty dollars American. Well, that's about a, that's about edition. a box set price, though. An initial box release box set price. So, well, for half a season. How much are the, how yeah, much but are, how all much the extra stuff you're getting? Yeah. I mean, well, if, if, if you, you say half a season, but it's I mean, well, I'm just wondering how much. Is there's a one full... of those on there's feature length, yeah. which that itself came out for thirty to retail thirty dollars. Yeah. So I mean, that's half of it right there. If, if, you, if you look at the fact that you're getting the three, because all of them were near feature length, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously. Hmm. Name, name was well, name was time time was an hour. but they were they were well okay, they're, they're longer than normal longer, episode they're still longer than normal episodes mm-hmm. so well unless you discount eleventh hour and which was I think fifty nine yeah. minutes and well no I, I would still count that as a longer I wouldn't you know done that separately Oops, but I'm sorry kid. Oh, kid to me <laughs> um, but you're getting those three and then Adventure of Space Time is a two hour you know no that's an hour and a half it's an hour and a half so it's not even an hour and a half no twenty something ninety five I think. Oh, was Regardless, it? Oh, hour and thirty-five. You're, you're you're getting four fairly big programs yeah. for your sixty yeah. bucks, so that's fifteen bucks in, yeah, uh, that's an not, episode, which is like not horrible. Yeah, ninety minutes. Thank you. So you know that's not horrible. Plus, then all the you know the five inch doctors. 60. That's what I thought. I thought it was an hour, which is longer than a normal episode. Yes. yes thank yes. you. Okay. <laughs> so, but you know, regardless. <laughs> I'm just saying it's cheaper than I expected it to be. 
It's hard to it's hard to pin down longer than a normal episode with Doctor Who though because some of them run forty three, <laughs> some of them run forty seven, some of them run fifty two. Most of them run however long they need them right, to. Right. With the with the standard, and I'm using quotation marks here. With an average of forty five minutes, being of, an average of forty five yeah. minutes, give yeah. or take, right. a sixty minute episode is yeah. significantly longer than average. What about significantly? <laughs> Fifteen minutes is in film is a decent amount. <laughs> you get a lot done in 15, 15 minutes. minutes. Let's just say, honestly, a lot of, there's a whole shows that are only 15 minutes long. That's, that's, about chicken? That's I can't me. believe we're examining something we're not even going to get into. Yeah. Yeah. That to me is the difference because 15 minute longer film is not necessarily a big deal. No, but, but a 15, a 15 minute, minute TV show? Yeah, that's kind of a big deal. That's so. true. That's true. Although I suppose it depends on those 15 minutes. 1776 didn't need them. <laughs> <laughs> if it weren't for that extra 15 minutes, we probably wouldn't have had Tom Baker and Day of the Doctor. Mm-hmm. Even though that was only like five minutes. I don't think it was quite 15. It wasn't 15, but... Else in news, uh, a novel written by Russell T. Davies called Damaged Goods. It was a virgin book uh, published in 1996 as The New Adventures, so it was the seventh Doctor, uh, is going to be adapted into a two-hour Big Finish audio. Yay! It's being... Uh, adapted by Jonathan Morris, and it will be released in August of next year. I'm assuming this is a good thing. I've not read this book. I, yet. Not I, read read either, so. I can't really. I'm just that. excited that that's just neat. It's a new way to tell a Russell T. story with uh, Fourth Doctor Tom Baker. Oh, they, they announced that, that it's a Fourth Doctor story. I think I saw that. I don't see it in this article. I could be wrong. Though. I'm pretty sure it's a fourth Doctor story. I wonder why they wouldn't just adapt it for McCoy since it was a McCoy story. Oh, it was a McCoy story? It was a McCoy story. Okay, then maybe maybe I'm mistaken. I thought I'd read that it was a fourth Doctor story. Oh, it's even going to... Yeah, it's going to be a McCoy story and it's even going to have Chris Koeji and Roz Forrester, his companions from the book, are going to be in the audio too. I would hope so. I would hope that if they're adapting it, they're going to tape stay pretty true to the source. Hmm. Well, that means I think that it's pretty cool. we, we, we now have some new companions. Canonized companions. Yeah. I wonder who they're going to get to play them. They haven't announced it yet. So they're searching. Speaking of... So go audition. Big Fish. Uh, they just celebrated their 15th anniversary of their first release, Sirens of Time. Yeah, and lots of uh, and they're doing a lot of sales, right? Lots of freebies, a lot and of sales, sales on week, the website. You know. So if you're, I think it was one each day. So looking at tipping your toe in the water now would have been a good time to do that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's over, but I gotta burst the bubble, No, I'm just saying. <laughs> I, well, because I don't want to say, hey, go get some get cheap stuff and freebies on Big Finish, and people go there tomorrow and go, oh. Um, this was last week, so. But congratulations and happy anniversary to Big Finish, yeah. Doctor Who line. That's Big Finish has been around longer than that, but the main line. This was the fifteenth anniversary. Well, they're doing fifteen days of stuff. Oh, it's fifteen, so it's still going on then. Yeah, because they started, started on Wednesday. Oh, was it Wednesday? I was yeah. it was Tuesday. Uh, Wednesday. So you've got some time yet. You do have time. Go get some stuff. So go to their website. Stuff and get some swag. <laughs> Only the free stuff is swag. I have yet to have that confirmed. <laughs> I looked it up to see the definition. Hayden. No, yes, I did. Did you? Yes. Did you email it to me? No, I texted, texted it me? to you. I thought that was just you saying that. <laughs> <laughs> for crying out loud. Oh, that's it for news. Hang on, let me go well, back let's and move on to feedback. First up, 
Chrissy. She writes, Time and Consequences. Dear Vortex Boys, I know I'm kind of late with the feed- with feedback this week. It's a long story, and I've only got reviews, so I'll skip the witty, ban- witty banter and go right into it. So in case you guys didn't realize, this is last week's feedback. But she sent it in on Wednesday. She continues with The Rapture. This one was weird. It felt kind of like Mini Went in Hell, set in 1997. Secretive club that looks respectable on the outside, but it's actually a strange and culty underneath the surface. I did like that Ace met her brother and we explored some of her backstory. Of course, we have the darker Seventh Doctor, which is pretty much a regular thing with the Expanded Universe's version of Seven. I guess any excuse to use the dance remix version of Doctor Who theme tune, right? (laughs) That was something I enjoyed. I don't think we touched on that. She continues with The Ripple Effect. This is probably the most clever and creative of this entire ebook series. Well, that I've read so far. I mean, I've enjoyed most of these stories, but this one is fantastic. Messing around with the timelines is quite a complex idea for a short story to tackle. Doubly so that it's, a Dal- it's the Daleks who become a pacifistic, pacifistic race because of an accident with the time vortex. And the moral conundrum that the Doctor goes through because his most ancient and deadly enemies are now the very model of peace and prosperity in the universe really gives the reader something to think about. More so, since even Ace says that maybe the Daleks would be better off as the good guys, and they should leave the timeline alone. This is Victory of the Daleks done right. It's the same idea and similar themes, but executed much more more smoothly. It also echoes part of Genesis of the Daleks, when the Doctor talks about people becoming allies against the Daleks, where otherwise they would be enemies, which is definitely a nice touch. I'd love to see Mallory Blackman write a full-length Doctor Who novel if this is the kind of stuff she comes up with. That's all I've got. Hope you all have fun. Have a fun week and try not to melt from all this horrible summer heat. Four days in a row that's been over 100 degrees here. Oof. I'm officially Oof. done with summer. I think we only got two ourselves. Yeah. <clears throat> but it's still been hot. Been in the 90s. The text message you sent me says, If it's swag, that means it's free. Bring them home and we'll divvy them up. At nowhere on there does it have the definition. I should have sent one after that. There should be one right after that. Because you, I think you commented you. You commented a, like prove it or something like that, and, and then I. No, I tweeted that. I, I sent out a tweet to everybody saying, "Vortex Clan doesn't apparently think that swag." Means oh right, stuff. and that's after that. I texted you with the definition because I copied Didn't it. it. Ah. <laughs> I'll send it to you. Again. Checked the individual. Checked the group. Didn't get it. <laughs> I'll uh, send it again. Okay, then. I still think you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Up next in feedback is Holly. Holly writes, The Church and the Crown. I'm reading the right one, aren't I? Yes. Hey, guys, that was a good audio. Another historical, and it kept my attention. I'm really liking Ehrman and how she is adjusting to traveling with the Doctor and Perry. The music in this is good as well. The bad guys in the story aren't mustache twirling or scenery chewing, which is nice. The whole little twist with the three musketeers and all for one, all... One for, yeah, all for one and one for all line was a neat twist at the end. Plus, Perry telling the Doctor to just be quiet and accept the position that he's being offered <laughs> is so the fifth Doctor and Perry. Well, I'll wrap it up here as I'm sure there's more feedback. Looking forward to hearing everyone's thoughts on the story. Holly from Wisconsin. Thank you, Holly. Thanks, Holly. Thank you, Holly. And we do have one more bit of feedback. Chrissy. Chrissy writes, Have you met the French? Dear Vortex Boys, Yeah. 
I got your schedule from last week confused. Sorry about the late feedback for the last podcast. I mean to do I meant to do it earlier, but Monday and Tuesday were kind of wild for me. Anyway, I haven't read the new Doctor Who Titan comics yet, though I do have Gabby in, the, in Doctor Who Legacy, so all I have to talk about is the Big Finish audio you're reviewing. The Church and the Crown. I've listened to this one quite a few times. I really enjoy the Fifth Doctor pure historical stories that Big Finish does, and there are quite a few of them. I love the dynamic between Perry and Ehrman, which this is the first time you really get to see that. This is Ehrman's first story after her introduction. I also like that Nicola Bryant got to play Queen Anne in addition to Perry. Obviously, it gave her a chance to use her natural accent. But what I find interesting is that the story happens pretty much because Perry and and Queen Anne look alike. That didn't actually have to happen in an audio story because you can change your voice enough to sound like a different person. But the audience can't see you and know that you look like like the same character, if that makes sense. It's just a great example of Big Finish having fun with their format and trying out different things. And it reminds me of when Romana, one, had a royal doppelganger in whatever story that was back in. The androids Atara and Mary Tam played both roles. Didn't she right. just say what it was? <laughs> I had, had a, In whatever that story was back in Androids of Tara, it was Androids of Tara. I don't know what she's saying there. I think and, she just uh, got it right. And Mary Tan played both roles. Plus, it's cool to have Ehrman to stand in and be the princess and use her training as royalty in this story. I mean, she's in the 17th century of France and not ancient Egypt, but it turns out the basic principles of ruling a country are the same, more or less. Also, it's funny that this story takes place around the same time period as the Three Musketeers, with, with the same historical figures. So I kept picturing Peter Capaldi as Cardinal... <laughs> Cardinal Richelieu. Richelieu. Uh, even though, uh, even though it didn't sound like him at all, and even though I have only seen short clips of the Musketeers and not any full episodes. Anyway, it's a fun story, one that I enjoy listening to over and over again. Good choice, boys. Chrissy. Thank you, Chrissy. Thank you, Chrissy. Thank you, Chrissy. Well, shall we move on to our reviews? Absolutely. What are we going to start with? Shall we start, start with, with comics? Let's start with comics or Church of the Crown? Uh, let's do comics first. Let's do comics first. We'll go in... Doctor Order? Doctor Order. Not reverse Doctor Order? Not reverse Doctor Order. going to save the best for last, Keith? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> do, should I read the previously? Sure. There's a synopsis. There's a synopsis. Kind of. For, uh, previously, for the first issue. <laughs> It can be wonderful to explore all of time and space at the Doctor's side, but the universe can also be a dark and dangerous place. As the Doctor's most recent companion, Donna Noble, found to her cost. Forced to leave her behind, the Doctor has since been wandering alone. But no matter how far he travels or how long, something always brings him back to Earth. Dun, dun, dun! I like this one. Yeah. I don't know I, if I, I give it that strong. I, I liked the fact, first of all, I like the fact that they pinned down when this is happening. Because I just kind I don't know why, I just kind of assumed they were going to shoehorn this in somewhere in the specials year. Yeah, in between that. Which and, it is. This is post-season four. Because he makes a comment about how Donna would have... Because I just read about Donna. Right, you just read about, oh, I guess the specials does follow that. I was thinking <laughs> he, about the season earlier. He makes earlier a comment about something yeah, he, he says, a, and then he says well, Donna would have had something about right, that. Right, no, no, no. It no, comes I, across like it's... Fresh off of season four, almost right. between season four and the specials. Right, right. I guess that's what I meant. Is by referencing Donna specifically that this is more on the heels of 
four, four as before. opposed to sometime in right. the middle of yeah. the special. I should have made this go ding. I love when they ding or buzz. <laughs> no buzzing's rubbish, isn't it? I hate buzzing. I'm a buzzkill. O'Donnell would have taken the chunk out of that one. <laughs> <laughs> I also kind of like how you get through a couple of pages and then you have a title page, like it would be for an episode. I think that's a really neat touch. This was a fun comic. I, I was Im- impressed, first of all. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll have to kind of wait a little bit to get into why I was impressed. Um, but I, I, I enjoyed the feel of it. It felt very much like a 10th Doctor story. It was really well written. It was really well realized. And Oxford English Dictionary. Oh, here we go. Hold on. <laughs> Money or goods taken by a thief or burglar. Their homes offer tempting swag for burglars. Which is that's what is derived from. And 2.1 is products given away free, typically for promotional purposes. Local studios provide swag, spirits, and food. That's what swag that is in reference you're using. Or 2.2 is U.S. marijuana. Click. The thing ever gets to like free swag. It was just point in terms of swag. But we're going to get something What dictionary is this? The English, uh, Oxford English Dictionary. I'm bastardizing the language. <laughs> <laughs> and the Australian New Zealand version is uh, a traveler or miner's bundle of personal things. That makes sense. Yes, that's not in the context that he's using swag, though. <laughs> no. You know why you swag? Because it's easier to type than stuff. <laughs> <laughs> One less letter. Anyway, um, I, I, I liked the feel of it. it. It was a very enjoyable, and I. I didn't feel too much. Sometimes when you go into one of these uh, comic stories, they, they can repurpose dialogue, like the, the it goes buzz or ding or something like that. Mm-hmm. And you kind of go, oh, you're just using that joke again. Although you're technically using it before we <laughs> get the joke, yeah. you know. Well, the wobbly, tiny one. Yeah. Because this, 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 be, this would be set post blink. Yeah, that's, that's, where, that's where it comes the from. The first time it's been reused. Oh, yes. Yeah. Right. Yes. Okay. Because it's used saying. again then in Time of the Doctor, or yeah. uh, Day, Day of the, the Doctor, Doctor, which would have been post this. So. Right, well, because the device he's specifically talking about, it, you just keep it far away from cows, is referencing Blink. But then the Ding reference, I, I took to be a Time of the Doctor. But the other one, the Blink one goes Ding when there's stuff, and too. He, and he, he specifically says... Uh, I guess yeah. it's been a while since I've seen Blink, but... Um, he specifically maybe it's because my eyes were closed through most uh, of it. <laughs> reference it to Ding. But... To um, ding. I, th- that was one that didn't bother me. I liked the way they worked the, the, the dialogue oh, throughout yeah. this. Um, I, I also like how the Doctor's kind of in the background through most of the story. Kind of like a very uh, an introduction to a new companion of his era was. Very yeah. much like Rose. Yeah. Rose or uh, Smith & Jones. Yeah, Smith & Jones pretty much the same way. Yeah, it was a, it was a good well, feel. For that matter, they even started uh, Donald's, Donna's second introduction. That Partners in Crime, yeah. yeah. Um. I was a little surprised that we were going to go to New York. I, I actually, I don't know why, but it just kind of, oh. I mean, for being a, a British TV show and a British comic book based on the British TV show, and now we're under a British publisher, I just kind of assumed we'd be in London <laughs> just right off the bat. And for some reason, opening in New York, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> just, I'll go with that. Why not? You know. um, I liked the coloring, particularly. I thought the, 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 the way... This was inked. was very good. I'm a little uncertain about the, some of the art choices 
but it's the first issue, so you know. I think for the most part, we'll grow into it. Oh, I love the art. I think the artwork was one of the best things about really? this book. Yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, David Tennant certainly looks like David Tennant, strong. which is awesome. No, it's just that's, or the Doctor that looks like David strong, Tennant. strong comic artwork right there. There, there's no question about. I think it's, the Doctor. I think it's definitely better than uh, there, some of the IDW ones. There's no, yeah, there's I'll no question that. that that's David Tennant as the Doctor. Um, the lines are really, you know, crisp and sharp, and and it's inked well. The, uh, it's no, this is this is fantastic artwork for a for a comic book, in my opinion. It makes really, me look really forward strong. to really reading more since it kind of doesn't wrap up the story. Well, that's just it. That, that was the thing that that intrigued me the most about this is because I really expected this not to be a cliffhanger. I really expected this to to wrap up and and, and she gets on the she gets on the and, go. and goes off, and so this was the first one I read and I was quite surprised. I felt I felt like I had to linearly read these. I was quite surprised. I did too. I liked that first. So, um, but I, I, yeah, just I, I was actually shocked when I got to the end and realized, oh, it's ending on a cliffhanger. I have to wait until the next one, which then. Ironically, then set me up for the next one, thinking it was going to do the same thing. I like that they didn't. Do the I same like thing. that they didn't either. That was the thing I like best about the second one is the fact that they they did something entirely. And, and, and that's what I was waiting to talk about. I loved the fact that the 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 eleventh Doctor first story is structured uh, completely. It's, it's completely. Uh, it, it's not. It's, it's a, almost structured more like an eleventh Doctor story. Well, it's a standalone. Versus, I mean, I mean, yeah. Obviously, we're getting the new companion and everything, but the, the story itself is wrapped up and done, and not necessarily the beginning of an epic arc or a four-parter or something, which the other one was. I don't know why. I'll be honest. I kind of went into this with just a little bit of trepidation. I mean, hey, new who, right? I should be excited, but it's kind of like, oh, I don't know about this. And you guys know me; I'm an IDW fanboy, so I like the stuff that they've done. And 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 kind of going into this, I was a little nervous about it, and getting a very, very strong 10th Doctor first issue and then turning around and getting a completely different but equally strong 11th Doctor first issue. Yeah. But, but another difference I, is... I don't think the story the, is as strong. The, they're laying more crumbs than making a blatant carry story. Carryover. There are hints of there's going to be... There's stuff in this that's going to come in later. Yeah. It's just not as apparent as yeah, it yeah, is. No, yeah, no, 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 the 11th Doctor? Yeah. That's panel specifically. Oh, I did not see that. Oh, yeah, that was. I did not notice. You, you that. didn't notice that. So they didn't just drop the visual clues as they went. Was there another one? I think there was one more. Let me find it. I don't know how I noticed it. it was its own panel? Yeah, I mean, it was whole, <laughs> that's why he crashes into the uh, the, the uh, pole. It's because he sees what appears to be a time warp. <laughs> Um, that might be the only one. Okay, I, I, but it's still it's still enough to make me go, "Oh, they're doing something." Well, yeah. The, I, the, you said this earlier, Keith. It's structured more like an eleventh Doctor, and it felt more like an eleventh Doctor story. Maybe with, I, I could see where somebody the, would. The alien's not necessarily a bad guy. Yeah, I could see where somebody Very might complain that oh, they're just doing kind of the the, the rainbow chicken thing from yeah. Vincent the Doctor, but rainbow it, chicken, whatever it space was, space chicken. chicken. Um, but I, I didn't feel so. I just only Matt Smith's doctor could tackle a giant rainbow dog. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, in the streets of London. I just, well, I think it's a calculated move. I think for the reason that the first one, the the <clears throat> first tenth Doctor story is structured um, as a introduce the companion through the companion, as they did in the tenth Doctor's era frequently. In this one, this was more of a. Um, 
11th hour where we've got something that has to um, be resolved, but we also are focusing on, on something else that the companion's going through. Yeah. You know, like, like, like we did. And everything gets wrapped up nicely in a bow at the end. And she ends up, you know, helping and it's a distraction for, from her, what has happened in her life. Right. And so they're, they're both structured very much like both series were. And that's what I kind of admire is that delving into something like this, they didn't go completely off the rails. They, they used formulas that were familiar, but stories that were different enough that it didn't feel like they were rehashing anything. I just, I I think what impressed me most about the, the direction they took with that is it would have been very easy to, I mean, just right off the bat, when you make the announcement, we're going to do a 10th Doctor and an 11th Doctor run at the same time. You're kind of like, ugh, okay. Because you, you, you could <clears throat> just, it would be very easy to set up the template of what story are we doing this month here, what story are we doing this month here, and they're going to kind of run along the same lines. Like, they're both going to run six episode arcs, and then there will be yeah. a definitive stop, and then they, the new arc will could start. could have fallen into the same trappings. Of exactly. Each other, yeah. And, and I, I just, that's kind of what I expected. They were going to be two different story arcs at two different times, but going to, you know, have that same ebb and flow at the same time. And they're not. They immediately, mm-hmm. nope, completely different, you know. And, and that, I think, just... Maybe it was my own expectations, but because I went into it with that mindset and it wasn't, I was like, wow, that was really cool. And I even went back and reread them, looking for some of the tonal shifts and, and, and things. And just the 11th Doctor comic is an 11th Doctor story. It's more fairy tale. It's more whimsical. It's more this. And the 10th Doctor comic is very much more something that we would have gotten what feels more like a Russell T. D., uh, RTD kind of build up to something yeah. Yeah. you know and I just I was so impressed with let that let me ask you this how many two part episodes in uh, Matt Smith's era are there uh, more than we probably think uh, first one would be the angels and the Silurians in the finale season which is actually three parts yeah the finale the finale of, oh no not that not that there. season the next season <laughs> I was thinking and then, um, yeah, that was two. You're right. Yeah. Uh, okay. And then we got the opening of season two. Possible or season six. Uh, if you count Let's kill Good Hitler. Man Gets yeah, to War. That's a two parter. And, <laughs> and then Wedding River Song. Wait, Good Man Gets to War was a two parter? Well, well, Good Man Gets to count, War, Let's Kill Hitler. If you count those two. Uh, I don't count that as a two parter. Then there's only one real two parter in the first. No. In okay. Season, well, then, okay. In season six, there's only then, one. Then, the story is resolved. Then you've got the, the Rumble the Flesh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a two parter. The Rumble Flesh, almost people. Yeah. And then the second half, there isn't. Okay. Oh, because so, Wedding of River Song is not a two parter. No. Yeah. No, just, you're right. It's just the one. Just a little longer. And then season seven. There are no two parters. There no are two no two parters because they were specifically yeah. designed to be all. So, what did we come up with? Six or seven? There are more than we think. No, I think there is. Hold on. At any rate. Pull up a good list. Why do you ask? Well, because the one thing with this starting and ending, it, it always felt to me that, like there were more two-parters in 9 and ten's era. And so this one, setting up that way, really kind of felt natural for me. But I always felt like there were fewer two-parters in Matt Smith. And his first episode starts as a, you know, well, everybody's does. But uh, it starts as a, just kind of a standalone, and it mirrored that. And I thought, you know, that's, that, that's kind of... You know, another element of this that I felt was was similar to uh, the feel of the Eleventh Doctor's hmm. era, but there there are more two parters than I had initially. But I still think of. there are probably more two parters in Tense Run, probably because he has a longer run. Uh, than two, slightly. So. Well, no, yeah, he doesn't have much of a longer run. 
Uh, if you throw out the specials, he doesn't. One, two, three, four, five. Five definitely for uh, 11. I really liked the transition from the depressing black and white into full color rainbow dog. Seven, four, ten. <laughs> Just, uh, Eleven, I, I, my, my, what it boils down to is I liked the ten story really, really well. It really felt, it grabbed me, it was it was interesting, it was entertaining all the way up to the cliffhanger. Kept me guessing all the way. The eleventh Doctor story didn't enjoy as much. I appreciate and I like what they've done with the interweaving of her life and what's being introduced to her. I like the concept of that and how they worked it in and weaved it. I didn't think the story was strong. I thought the Rainbow Dog was a little silly. I thought it was a little too light whimsical at the end. But um, I, both companions, I think, are starting out as very strong characters. I, I thoroughly enjoyed that aspect of them. While I love the artwork in the 10th Doctor story, the 11th Doctor story was just a little too... There are some panels that are really good. Well, like this one, I think... It it's everything's too soft for me. There's not there enough definition. Of uh, there's times where Matt Smith doesn't look like Matt Smith. Um, there's there's times where Matt Smith looks like a caricature of Mark Matt Smith, especially when he's running into the pole. Yeah, um, that one I did. Uh, Face is a little too long in some shots, but so I don't like the artwork as well in the Eleventh Doctor series. But overall, I think both stories are a strong start oh, to each of start. their. Um, Runs and I, I'm 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 with Sean. I kind of thought that they would just kind of cookie cutter this until they got it yeah. off the ground. But to take two totally different approaches from two different books was a grand idea and and, and a, a, a very good way to start you know a new license for a, and it a makes series me think they're going to do series. an even different one for twelve. Well, that so was going to be three different stories yeah. telling yeah. techniques, and, and that's just it, is that it really made me excited for not only the next issue. In, in this line, but we'll bring on 12. I'm yeah. ready now. I'm ready now. You know, I want to see what you guys can do with it. I would agree. I also really enjoyed the uh, uh, the upside down line <laughs> that we got when she walks into the TARDIS. Yes. You know, you, you, <laughs> Never you, seen that done before. No, yeah, I haven't seen that done before. It's easier to do in a comic. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the fact that the pool was in it. That's an automatic yeah. win. <laughs> and he has goldfish in the pool. And goldfish in the pool. Well, not fish, more a highly intelligent aquatic race. So I I, 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 I high marks. Good for me. start, Titan. Nice job. Yes. Keep Who's it up. Excited for more. And obviously, we won't do a review every time a comic comes out, um, but we'll kind of, uh, as we go down the road, we'll uh, certainly pair up and 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 do some of the uh, arcs as they go. Yeah. So. All right. Let's move on to. The and it's big cool to have those companions outing. in our legacy game because I've played with um, Gabby. And I've already fallen in love with her because she's awesome. What's like her ability again? Uh, drops in up to That's right. 10 red yeah, gems at the end of turn. Right. Yeah. So I loaded her onto my red team and was actually able to level her up pretty quick. And there's something about being able to, hey, look, I just did like a, this nice you know, five or six combo. And then immediately 10 more red gems drop down on top of that, which count toward that. It was like, ha, 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 bam. You know, so yeah. it's, it's very nice. Which I understand, is it the fifth doctor that does that too? Um, yeah, but with green. I with green, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I like I the ability. I him. He was a code. You, was had, to, code? you had to code I him. He, he comes he's with uh, Greyhound. Out with Greyhound 1, yeah. 
if you don't have the code. I thought you got. I stopped sending you guys codes because I just assumed you were all on the newsletter and getting part of them. (laughs) Was it in the newsletter? It might have been in the newsletter. I don't remember. I put in a code. Codes everywhere from different sources at all times. Yeah. And when I go back, I have no idea where I got the code. Yeah. So, so one more time, I guess, if you didn't catch that, in the new Titan comics, since we're talking okay. about that, there's a website and somewhere in the back that very you back, can go to. Very back of that one in the second, th- or very back of this one. Second Almost the very back one, yeah. One. Um, but yeah, there's a website that you can go to, which will then send you to another oh, link where you can get the code to unlock the companions from the comic in the Legacy game, which is awesome. It's the yes. next time page. They're touting the uh, next issue of the one you're reading. That'll be at the base of there. It says Doctor Who Legacy, and in the corner there'll be a website. Type in that website. Go there. Get your, uh, your code. code. I like that the artwork. I was I, I was a little. I kind of wondered if the artwork would be the artwork from the comic, since they were getting these characters from Titan. Oh yeah. But it's it still stays with the what is that Seed Studio uh, artwork that they're doing. Oh. But they still. Very much look like their characters in the comics, so yeah. I appreciated that as well. All right, now let's nice move touch. on to the audio, the Church of the Crown. The Fifth Doctor, together with Perry and Aramim, become involved in, with political intrigue in the court of King Louis and Queen Anne in Paris, 1626. Dun, dun, dun! Yeah, I like this one. This one was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. At first, when it started... And Perry gets kidnapped. I almost I and they kind of dropped the hint of wow, she really looks like Queen Anne. I kind of wondered if they were going to go with a uh, Prince of the Pauper sort of situation. I was kind of glad mm. they did something very different from that because that's kind of what I expected. It well, to see, be. it's funny that you say that because I I thought they were very heavily borrowing from that. I see, thought they I, were very high, heavily borrowed see, from the Three Musketeers. I think that I felt like they were trying to incorporate all of that classic literature from that French era from that from that. I would have that felt like they would era. have been trying to tap into that more if the Queen wanted to. Well, I don't know. I, <clears throat> I, 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 I should say, they, I don't think they were playing heavily on any of it, but I think that's where they were drawing that's, that's a lot where of they got inspiration. inspiration. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I do have five. I liked the inclusion of how they did the Musketeers. I really like that. Um... I think Nicola Bryant did a really good job playing both roles. And after, like, the first introduction, it didn't sound like her to me. Once it was Queen Anne, I, I heard Queen Anne. It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't Nicola Bryant doing another voice. So I really appreciated that aspect. Yeah. Yeah. And Aramim in this was phenomenal. Yeah. She is so cool. I just really like her character. A good, in, a good in, introduction... I guess, not introduction, a good inclusion to the team and brings her own skills and abilities and stuff that they couldn't have done. And she gets to strike out and be on her own for a lot of her, uh, some of this. uh, And it's her only second story. That's pretty impressive, I think. That she can hold her own in this whole situation. They gave her something to do and they gave her something to do well. And I liked how it wasn't a matter of well, she's here, so she's automatically a part of the team. She kind of had to earn her trust with the Doctor through the story. I kind of, I, I like that and how he was kind of, at the end of, well, it was kind of fun, uh, despite altering history, possibly. Yeah. <laughs> Let's keep you around. I, I really liked how they handled all that instead of, it, it wasn't so much a, 
all right, you're with us. Come on, let's go. It was still kind of a a test period for her. Yeah. Which is interesting in a way because of, of all of the companions that have kind of jumped on board and run, you know, after a shaky start. <laughs> Maybe after Trillo. He's, he's been... Uh, Trillo. <laughs> Leela, I mean, how many stowaways have we had? How many of those have we had? How many times just, yeah, I'm coming with you. Oh, all right. Aram seemed like a natural. Yeah. Bring her on board. Let's go. And instead we get a, no, I'm going to drop you off the first available opportunity. And it's like, (laughs) (laughs) well, I guess it kind of makes sense since Perry was the last person he picked up. And before that, it was Turlo who tried to kill him several times. So it's kind of, Perry kind of proved herself in Planet of Fire. And then since then, because, it, and so it made sense to me that the fifth doctor is not one that is tired of a crowded TARDIS. Yeah. He, he's done with all the people and wants just one companion. It, it made sense. And yeah, then and it did. It's nice that he kind of realizes that having more than one person around is useful and fun. Well, and it, it, it also... Because it's I, not the fifth doctor to me, unless it's two or more companions. <laughs> I don't know for sure how many of the Big Finish stories are just the Fifth Doctor and Perry early. I know there's at least one that came before this, at least within the range. But I don't know if that's technically, chronologically, before Aram joins up or not. Um, I oh, believe that it is. But it was it was, it was was kind of striking when they get toward the end, when she stops him in the sewers and says, but do we have the right to, or, 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 aren't we changing history now? Aren't we doing this? And I'm kind of thinking, this is a rookie discussion. What are you... Oh, that's right. This would it, pretty early. <laughs> this must still be pretty early, and it was just kind of cool to have that inserted in there, as opposed to having somebody go with the flow and and you know just kind of a reminder that right. not everybody is used to that. It, yeah. it, it was kind of a refreshing change to yeah. throw that in there, um, to to roll with that. So, um, this was just a yeah a, for me top to bottom. I, I enjoyed this one. I had a lot of fun with it. I enjoyed. Um, Thought all the voice acting was good. Uh, the story was a lot of fun. Well, if if, if I got we to watch ass- Three Musketeers, you know, so. <laughs> if we assume this follows, well, it's so grateful that it didn't use the characters of uh, yeah Athos, Pothos, yeah Aramis, Aramis, and D'Artagnan, because really those were what's it the original author of the novel Dumas Dumas. Those were Dumas. characters he made up that clearly were representations of musketeers they weren't real musketeers so it would have been odd to place him into this because if they had done that i would have gone more of the direction of well this isn't really ancient paris this is more like time meddler or not time letter uh, uh mind robber or something because because if if d'artagnan had shown up all of a sudden you have either eliminated the book the three musketeers right. from the who universe right or we've been tipped off that yeah. we're in some sort of fictional representation right. of that world. And so either way, it doesn't really work for, Which, for this. I love the idea that the doctor keeps trying to get them to adopt the <laughs> motto <laughs> for one and one for all. It'll never catch on. It'll never catch on. How many did you say, Keith? Uh, this is her fifth story in Big Finish. And since technically it's her fourth, because Ish is with the sixth doctor. As is Whispers of Terror. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. So it's only her th- third story. If you plan on a fire, Red Dawn, Eye of the Scorpion, Church in the Crown. Red Dawn, I forgot about Red Dawn. Yeah, that was the, that was the one that I assumed was. I mean, I knew it was earlier in the run, but not necessarily chronologically. Yeah, we don't. Yeah. I, I Red Dawn is right after she joins in with Planet and Planet. I, of fire. Be, I believe it is. I yeah. think we haven't that's listened right. to it. I yeah, think we haven't right. listened to that one yet. No, 
Yeah, we skipped that. One. Yeah, we did. So then I wonder if for maybe reason not. before yeah, anybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I got the imp- maybe I maybe that was one I listened to years ago. Then when I was first doing big finish stuff because of it would make sense to me that it would be right off. Is that Ice Warriors? Yeah. Okay. Which is the I reason we skipped it. So. I did listen to that. One, yeah. So. It's it's just okay. been it's been so long enough I, since I I've listened to I it. I don't remember right, for that sure. That one is right after. I believe that it is. Yeah. yeah. So. But at any rate, it's still nice to have that that, That's that anchor. Of, yeah, because really, did we ever have that moment for her? We didn't ever in the series. I don't remember an episode where we kind of had that moment of her questioning, changing history, etc. Well, she didn't get it really. I mean, at least because with uh, obviously, Planet of Fire is um, another planet. Yeah. <laughs> the next story would be Caves of Adrizani, which is another planet. Then Twin Dilemma, which is another planet. So she 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 never really gets to that so, historical until Mark, until Mark of the Ronnie, yeah. I think. And then the, she doesn't question it at all. So it's kind of television because the leadoff would be Attack, right? Attack of the Cybermen is the next one. I'm trying to remember, and that's the leadoff uh, for the next season. Following Twin, yeah, yes, I believe that's right. And that's present day Earth. Yeah. So, or what's meant to be present day, or we assume eighty six ish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But at any rate, you know, it was so, you know, having a historical thrown in earlier, you know, was it was nice to have that. Um, but yeah, Aramon was wonderful. Really, really enjoyed her. And I, I wonder, there was a part of me that kind of felt like, how many times can you use that trope before the doctor is going to comment on it? Because just with um, us and the, the stories that we've covered now, obviously we know Perry apparently bears a striking resemblance to Queen Anne, although she doesn't think so. <laughs> And then we had. Nose is crooked. Um, you never do though. When you look, so everybody says, "Hey, you look like so and so," and you you yourself never think you look yeah. like that person. Um, and then the eighth doctor, like the not Keith at uh, British. <laughs> I never did see him. He didn't look like you at all, according well, to you. No, no, no that was according him. to him, or according to me. But every time I looked, no. I was like, "Oh, here's Keith." Wait, no. well, from the back with the hat. With the, from the back yeah. with the hat, and the short lady next to him. Um, but Are you calling Sarah short? Yes. <laughs> I'm 6'4", everybody's short. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Um, the Eighth Doctor one that we listened to just recently with Kara's and... Other Lives. Charlie, where they're masquerading as somebody else because they apparently can bear a, enough of a resemblance to them, even though Kara's is an alien. <laughs> like, okay, sure, why not? You know, yeah. At what point is the Doctor going to go, again? Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Um, I think... The the thing that I, I I love this story. It was a lot of fun. Um, it's it, uh, the fifth Doctor stories for me in the big finish line are are, are getting better and better, more solid. Obviously, so I Agreed. love spare parts. Uh, I thought I the Scorpion was a fine story. This one, I think it, it, it almost seemed like it took them longer to figure out to get what, the fifth Doctor stories going, going to yeah, find out what works. But and there were some early on that that I, I admittedly enjoyed as well. But it just it really feels like they've hit their stride by this point. So and I really like um, when Big Finish does these his pure historical stories because after what the first Doctor's era, we don't get any. It's true, and it's so true. it's kind of cool that we, we got get a chance to go back. We got and a do seventh that. Doctor one. We've gotten a couple fifth Doctor ones now. It's kind of a nice. Inclusion to the show, kind of harkening back to how it started. Yeah. The other one thing that's, that stands out to me in this story is that for the longest time, for the first, second, third, fourth, especially the first Doctor, you don't 
you, you stand back and observe, but you can't become a, a, an active player in time because you'll change events. or, or I, I love the idea now that the Doctor is just acceptant of the fact that, well, we were always part of these events. Yeah. And this, this story particularly anchors that idea that, well, we were always part or meant to be part of these events. And I've always thought that when I've seen stories where the Doctor stays just far enough away where he doesn't really change or be involved in the, the linear uh, events, but he's always far enough away. This just puts him smack dab right in the middle of it. Yeah. And that's where I, 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 that's one thing I really loved about this is that not only is he in the middle of it, but he's acknowledged, he acknowledges in such a way that yeah, this was we're, we've just we're part of this from the beginning. So, and I wonder how much of that is is, is just from the nature of be, because all the previous doctors were a little more reluctant to that. Well, at and some point you got to re- make that recognition. Four didn't really get a lot of historicals. Most no, of his no. were, were were otherworldly set. But then we get into the, the the fifth doctor's era, and he's responsible for the London Fire. He's responsible. <laughs> for, he, he he gets a lot of historicals kind of during that run that. He was in the middle of the events, right. and so it's kind of maybe at this point he's just like, eh, yeah. Right. <laughs> that's my uh, just roll with it. <laughs> that's my uh, it's his lot. Yeah. <laughs> All right, what we got coming up quickly on the schedule, Sean? Coming up on the schedule for Friday night, who this week we will be watching the Space Museum with Ooh. First Doctor William Hartnell. He's so excited. <laughs> I'm so excited. And then uh, on the show next, well, the, the show this week, we will be reviewing uh, the Space Museum and a sixth Doctor audio in celebration of Big Finish's 15 years of Doctor Who anniversary. <laughs> uh, which I, that's why I did it all this month. Good, good all job doing that on purpose, Sean. Yeah, I didn't do it on purpose. It was serendipity. <laughs> I didn't know I it was thought Big that Finish. was the uh, line we were uh, supposed yeah. to get. <laughs> Your line is, Your I'm going to free is. the genie. <laughs> I, it wouldn't. It wouldn't be. It wouldn't be us if it wasn't serendipity. So uh, I scheduled a whole bunch of big finish, and it turned out this month is their 15 year anniversary of the Doctor Who line. It was like, wow, cool. <laughs> so we're going to continue. So you've got another audio to listen to next month or next week, this week uh, for next time, which is Doctor Who and the Pirates. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited about that one too. <laughs> I already listened to it. Although I listened to it a long time ago too. It's so. not the Space Pirates, just the Pirates. Just Doctor just Who, and the, Doctor Who and the Pirates. Uh-huh. Doctor Who and the Pirates. I'm excited to see what you guys are made. Can we talk like a pirate next week? Can, I, I, I was, I've been holding this off, but I'm going to say, <laughs> yes, we can. Yay! But I was going to say that it was very serendipitous that you had recently watched the Gilbert and Sullivan <laughs> Pirates of Penzance. Well, and you'll one, find out why. Well, this is the one where he sings, right? He, <laughs> you'll he, he find sings, out. Oh, you'll I am find among out. The, 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 you, so the, the general yeah. song. I wondered if I think you Dr. Dr. Phil had mentioned that oh, just I once think before. You're right, yeah. Well, that's but, why I said last week I thought it might be pretty obvious what song I might use. So we'll see. Well, you're going to use uh, uh, tragedy. Tragedy. <laughs> got to drop it in somewhere, I guess. You can't, right. you, you can't use it this week because we got to go out on the. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, I think I hear that coming up in the background. So, if there's nothing else this week, until next week, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.